1: Hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee, host of Full Service Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this show, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: We talk about food.
3: Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one and a half, your host, Greg Bresnitz. Darren Bresnitz is out in L.A., taking my spot out there. Um, that was just Leave the Planet. Sarah, where are you? Who will be live in studio uh, today? Really excited. Big shout-out to K9 uh, Records. Leo, Alto in-house. Thanks for setting that up. But before we get to that, we have the boys from Brave and Brewing in-house. Give me some beer. Eric Marr, wel- welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you. Um, it's cold out there. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of par for the course this year. Though. I know. I uh, I made the mistake of coming back to New York like about two months too early. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, I feel like the cold uh, bruise creativity. So you know, I, I see so. what you did with the word bruise. Yeah, it's like yeah. yeah. <laughs> Told you I'm a natural at this thing.
4: <laughs> you should get a radio show. Yeah.
3: Um, so why don't you guys take us back to the beginning, which is not that long ago? Tell us a st- tell us a tale.
4: Uh, sure. Uh, Eric and I have been friends for a very long time, about fourteen years. And then, about five years ago, uh, we were both doing our different things. We were—I was in grad school, and Eric was working as. Uh, what were you well, in grad school for? Uh, I was getting my MBA. Okay. Oh. In marketing. Okay. Uh, at Fordham University.
1: Go Rams. Plug for Fordham. I
4: know. Sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, Why not?
4: <laughs>
3: that will take ten thousand off your uh, student loans. Oh, God, that'd be nice. I uh, went
4: to Georgetown. Once. <laughs> Did I get anything? Uh, so yeah, we looked for like a little distraction, a little hobby, and we both decided like we, let's let's give this home brewing thing a shot. Uh, mm-hmm. We both really love drinking beer together. We have been for a very long time, and it was just some, something we wanted to do for
1: fun and. But I think the timing on it was, was something that we couldn't have anticipated being any better. Uh, I was at work not really loving my job. What were you doing? Uh, I'm a lawyer okay. by training and uh, a brewer by choice. Okay. And um, about five years ago, I'm sitting at work, uh, and Marshall and I are talking on Gchat, and he sends me a link to a homebrewing kit. Mm. He says, hey, what do you think about this? And I actually, in the other tab of my browser, had the exact same kit up. At the same time, I was already looking at it. Right. And so I thought, well, you got to be kidding me. Right. Like, this is clearly something we're going to do. And had either of you had any experience before doing homebrewing? No.
4: Nope. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, total serendipity. So, Amazing. Yeah, it was great. And we did uh, a bunch of um, kits to get started, some really, really basic intro level stuff. Yeah. And then as we kept going with it, we wanted to try more and more complex and get to like all grain. And that's what we've been doing. And so... Uh, that was Yeah, that was five years ago, and then about two years ago...
3: Wait, before we, we get to two years ago, okay. I mean, like, unbelievably, what you thought would have been brilliant, that's just when you got to the first hit, you're like, this is a terrible,
1: terrible concoction that we've made. <laughs> yes. That, yeah, there <laughs> were a few. The, the, Russian, <laughs> the Russian Imperial stuff yes. was an absolute disaster. Was, uh, why, why is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, what was the aspiration, and where did it end up? Well, the hope was to have a very high high alcohol, high gravity, just really strong imperial stout. Yeah. Something that it was, I think it was like early March. It was just coming out of the winter yeah. and we thought it'd be great to celebrate the end of it with this big dark beer. And right. we were going to have a whole party. The, really the, boozy. The hope yeah. was to, that we would pour pour it over ice cream <laughs> and make these <laughs> Russian imperial stout floats. We had big this plans. whole thing planned out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I won't get too, too technical on yeah. it, but when you have a very high high alcoholic beer, you need a lot of yeast Mm -hmm. to turn all that sugar that's in there into that big alcohol. Right. And we didn't, (laughs) we (laughs) we had, (laughs) we had a very small amount. We didn't pitch enough to get it going. So what we, we wanted 9% alcohol and I think we got four and a half percent. Right. And the other four and a half percent is what the sugar that would have turned into alcohol. So it was still this syrupy, almost, I would call it, I will, I'll call it kind of gross uh, sugary flavor. Oh, we
4: invited all of our friends over for this party, Oh, even, like...
1: Oh, yeah, this is, like, our big debut. Like, we're having this
4: ice cream party with beer floats. (laughs) We're beer
3: makers, so, yeah. Yeah. We still Mm -hmm. had the party. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which was, was,
4: you know... It was a lot of, like, trying to convince ourselves this wasn't bad. Yeah. And trying to convince our friends it wasn't bad. It's it's good, guys. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, it's sweet. It's on the sweeter side. It goes with the ice cream. They're like, don't
1: quit the day job and don't drop out of school yet. No. (laughs) No. There was was plenty of other situations where you didn't clamp down the right hose at the right time so it just starts spraying 180 degree sugar water all over the place and it's basically napalm at that right. point. Uh, but you you mess this up once and you learn. Yeah. So you don't do it again. Yeah.
3: And when did you guys feel that you maybe turned the corner where like you're like okay, we're going to we're consistently turning out great batches?
4: Yeah, it was about 2 years ago. Okay. Um Yeah, again like I was doing I was out of school doing marketing agency mm-hmm. stuff. Eric's still the lawyer, but we both were really excited about what was happening just in beer culture in New York City. uh, We think that we'd be able to make a beer company, a a brewery here that would be able to make some really good beers. Um, I was living in Bushwick um, at the time. I'd moved out there a while ago, and we kind of stumbled upon the history of brewing in Bushwick, how there used to be over two dozen breweries in the neighborhood. Mm. So we thought this would be a great opportunity to be the first brewery in this neighborhood in almost forty years, so we started working on a business plan. Um, Worked with some local graphic designers, kind of came up with a nice logo. Um, came up with a couple of styles that we thought would be really great, and kind of introduces as our flagship beers.
1: On that on that beer front, uh, one of the things that a lot of home brewers do is test the limits of what they can create, and they just go variety, variety, variety. Right. You brew something, you try something crazy, it works or it doesn't, you move right. on. And when we decided kind of on the styles, that's when we locked ourselves in. Right. I said, we're going to just figure these two things out. And what are the styles? It's a white IPA and a black pale ale. Now, what makes something a white IPA? The short answer is wheat. Okay. I mean, that's fine. So a, a white beer it usually just means that there's there's a lot of wheat in the the malt bill. Yeah. So this one is half wheat, half pilsner malt right so it's a very belgian style base right you still have some orange peel and coriander in there for a little spice but it's american ale yeast and all american hops so it drinks that kind of like citrusy piney flavor of an american ipa but it has the base of a belgian beer so it's super crisp and easy to drink but still has a whole lot of big hop flavor
3: right and why how did you end up landing on those two flavors
4: um we talked about a couple of different styles that we want to do. We didn't want to just do a, a straight IPA or just a, a regular lager, because is, if this is what we're going to start out with, we need to be something, do something a little distinctive. Um, we did a, a, I'll call it a research trip to Colorado sure. uh, about we'll a year it and a half that. ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just go drink a lot of beers. Yeah, yeah it's research. Yeah. Um, so we, we. I've
3: done a lot of research yeah. trips. <laughs>
4: Just I can't wait day. to get into
3: my whiskey business. One day, yeah, <laughs>
4: exactly. <laughs> uh, so we, we, we found this one beer uh, that was from Oregon. There was a white IPA. You and Can never you shout it out? It. Uh, it was called Chainbreaker okay. from Deschutes in Bend, Oregon. Uh, so we, we had that, and we'd never really had anything like that on the East Coast before. You can't even get really Deschutes on the East Coast very well. Um, and so we tried that, and we're like, you know, this is a really unique style, something different we hadn't really seen before. We both really liked it. We just kind of looked at each other and said, oh, this is different. This is Mm -hmm. really cool. Let's see if we can make something like this. Uh, And we also, incidentally, had this idea we wanted to have all of our branding black and white. Just Mm -hmm. like really simple, um, sleek, distinctive. And so we're like, well, this would make sense to have a a white IPA. And then we said, oh, maybe we should do something that's black, too. (laughs) So that's how we ended up coming with a, a black pale ale also. Got it. So... That's how they kind of come together.
3: Evolution. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Um, we're going to talk about going pro and that decision, craft beer week. What's coming up next to you guys? it 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 it
2: it it
3: back with braven brewing uh so i want to you know going pro i feel is like you know there's a a, it's one thing to both send each other a link to a home brewing kit uh it's another thing to be like all right we're we're doing this uh what was kind of the conversation evolution from like home brewers to like well we're gonna we're gonna take this all we're going all the way
4: yeah um i guess i'm kind of an entrepreneur at heart um i previously had a business in dc i had a english clothing store i just sold english brands and that closed with the recession and so i went back to school did the marketing agency office job thing and i was just over it again i was ready i had like the itching Mm -hmm. i was like oh i need to do something i need to do my own business again um and so i have a real affinity for writing business plans (laughs) like just putting all (laughs) my stuff like all my thoughts out on on paper and I just had it with like agency life and I was like I just need to do this again. I really want to do this. And it took about a week of convincing Eric. Not too much. It didn't take a whole lot. I was like, Eric, come come please do this with me. Like we need to do this together.
1: There's no one else I want to work with. Well when and sorry to jump in on you, but when you start homebrewing, everyone always thinks two weeks in, or the minute they have a really tasty beer, they go, oh my God, wouldn't it be cool (laughs) if we ran our own brewery? And every home brewer has had that conversation, either with themselves or anyone they work with. And it sounds awesome. And you always keep that in the back of your head. So when Marshall kind of made that decision that he was definitely going for it and started talking to me, and then we both got on the same page with, this is how we're moving forward. It was that thing that we had talked about Years before, as a oh, wouldn't it be cool? Yeah, I guess one day. Right. And then turning that into an actual process—it's the dream into reality process—is it's a long road, but that was the beginning of it.
4: Yeah, and we we had uh, pretty realistic expectations of how long it was going to take. Right. We knew we weren't going to, we didn't, we're not sitting on like a bank account of millions of dollars. Right. Um, so we set out a timeline of everything we needed to accomplish over essentially a year and a half. Got it. And it was slow going, but the first thing we knew we wanted to do was a Kickstarter, which is you know the most Brooklyn thing you can possibly do to start yeah. a business. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked. Yeah. Um, it, it drummed up uh, some interest and some, some press, and we got some money out of it, too. So it was a good uh, kind of proof of concept for us.
3: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, an, it's incredible. What, any particular hurdle that just kind of came out of nowhere that you guys were not expecting to navigate? Or uh, any advice to would-be... Wouldn't this be awesome to going pro
1: advice you would give to somebody? Everything takes longer than you want it to. Yeah. And the second it starts, it goes faster than you can anticipate. Interesting. So at the same time, things are happening too fast and too slow. Yeah. And just knowing that you need to be extremely flexible. If you have one idea of what you want to do and that's all you're going to do, and those are that's all for you, then stick by your guns. Right. And it'll take longer than you anticipate. Sure. But if you want to get to a specific end goal and if that goal is just opening your own space and changing what you do as a hobby into your life then you have to be flexible work with the people you need to work with find the way that's your your path is going to reveal itself
4: yeah we've had probably 17 different business plans by this point and you (laughs) just have to be flexible always like we've had a lot of roadblocks or you know things we didn't want to have happen or things that happened fortuitously we, we didn't expect things to happen that were were really beneficial to us so sometimes you have to, have to seize opportunities and then other times you know this isn't maybe wasn't what we were planning on doing but let's you know pivot a little bit and um work with this new opportunity
1: instead now that i've heard us both answer that question i realize how cryptic both of those answers yeah do <laughs> yeah. uh,
4: uh, you want specifics one, on one specific just one specific one yeah. specific
1: the government okay. Oh, interesting. Uh, Permitting and the cost of permitting and the time that it takes to get everything set up, it always takes longer than you think. There's a lot of legal back and forth. Mm. There's a lot of forms and a lot of information you need to know. And knowing what you need to know is near impossible. Unless you have some sort of mentor or someone guiding you through the process. Right.
4: I'll give one more specific though. Okay. Um, So last year, uh, we put together this amazing business plan. And it was it was immaculate. It was designed. We had the whole thing designed by our graphic designers and we were looking to raise a certain amount of money. And we thought, this is amazing. Who wouldn't want to buy into this business? Like where we have all of our plans set, we have all of our projections. We're going to make everyone rich. And we like pitched it a lot to a lot of people, a lot of friends and family. And it just, a lot of people were interested, um, but we weren't going to approach nearly the amount of money that we wanted to to build out our own brewery right away it just wasn't going to be an option so then we said but then at the same time we got in touch with like a distributor and we started talking with them and they said you know maybe not worry about this right now let's get some this going uh we can brew elsewhere you don't have to do it at your own space right away um so that's what we ended up doing so we're still getting planning definitely going to be building out our own brewery but we didn't raise the money that we wanted to and we actually have gotten by so far without having to have the hundreds of thousands of dollars that we needed to raise but you know it's like we said you have to just kind of seize these opportunities and maybe you don't need to raise all the money right away right interesting
3: so i know that you guys are going to be heavily involved in uh, craft beer week which starts on
1: the, the 20th what do you guys have planned for it well right now we have three events on the books um I think, actually, I'll say two because one of them is still, we're getting the details locked in. But on Tuesday, we're at Kenmare House, and on Wednesday, we're at Glorietta Baldi. Both of them are celebrating kind of local New York City brewers, uh, people who have started up in the past year, year and a half, and getting everyone introduced to the kind of new players in the game, which is awesome because we have such great company out there right now. I think we're, something we realized whenever we traveled out west, especially like Denver, San Francisco... You see this huge community of breweries on every couple of streets, and we're getting there for New York, which is something we always saw happening and wanted to be a part of. That's great. Yeah. Who do you want to shout out? A couple of your favorites.
4: Uh, first one. Well, there are a bunch. Uh, Finback Brewery, some really good friends of ours based in Glendale, Queens. Uh, Kevin and Basil are they make really- amazing beer. Great beers. Um, we just did a radio show. We said with uh, Threes Brewing in mm. Gowanus, they make some good stuff. Folks uh, Beer, Travis from Folks Beer. Um, how many are the Transmitter in Long Island City, Big Alice in Long Island City, Rockaway? Uh, other half, obviously, like I feel like they've been probably the biggest right. uh, player in the last year to
1: really blow up New York City. Our friends Radiant Pig in Queens. Yep, making Ooh. awesome stuff. Yeah, so there, so there yeah, are so many yeah, just, of them right just now. Just a few. I can keep going. And the cool thing is is that most of these guys are new to the scene, at least in the past couple of years, on their own. Mm-hmm. Many of them have worked other places, or now this is them hanging their their name on the wall and kind of making their, their own way. And so all of us are part of this rising tide of New York beer. And the whole state has a lot going on, too. And the, the, the government's very friendly with helping push these projects forward. And it's cool to be involved.
3: That's great. So uh, what's next for you guys? What's on the horizon?
4: Um, well, so right now we have just our the white IPA in the market. Which is delicious. Thank you.
3: And the bottle uh, and graphic design is also equally very cool. Thank you.
4: Yeah. Um, so we're, we're working on uh, launching our other styles. We have a, a Pilsner that's going to be coming out this spring-summer. It's uh, based on the recipes that we're Uh, made by the breweries in Bushwick in the early 20th century. They were all German immigrants in Bushwick. So there were yeah over two dozen there. So we're doing kind of our tribute to that style. Uh, And then next fall or this fall, we'll be launching our Black Pale Ale. Um, We'll also be right now. We're draft only. We have uh, I don't know how many accounts around Long Island, New York City and Westchester. But uh, we're going to be doing cans now, too. Oh, amazing. So that'll be hopefully this spring as well. At our local
3: bodegas. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. And so where can people find you, find out where they can drink you, reach out to you, et cetera?
1: Well, the website's the the best way to reach out to us directly. And I mean, it's just info at bravenbrewing.com. Drop us a line whenever. or There's a web submission form there, too. And beermenus.com is the easiest way to see where we're actively on tap. Because oh, at any bar or restaurant, they'll, they'll get the keg. And this has been a little frustrating because people ask, where near me is it re- you know, ready to go? And we know where it's been sold, but we don't know if it's coming up from the basement yet. It's still right. in the cold room. And beermenus.com is usually updated pretty real time to let you know where yeah. it's on tap.
3: Great. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for coming by. Thanks for bringing the beer. Uh, you can stick around for the band.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Uh, cool. We've got Leave the Planet uh, live next.
5: it in stone, capped wood, can't control. All these nights of Everest, spin up into the wilderness. Nothing is set in stone, capped wood, can't control. No heavy rains, gone out hold me down anymore. No sin or shame's gone.
3: Welcome to the studio, Leave the Planet.
6: Hi. Hello. How are you guys doing? Oh, good? Yeah? Yeah. Straight
3: on drive from Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you're talking to that, that mic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we had a delay.
6: Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit of delay. It
3: yeah, was make, a good start. Yeah, we could can, we can make it spooky, but uh, I don't know. Um, do you want to introduce
6: yourselves? I'm Natalie. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> what do you play in the band? I sing. I play guitar and synth. <laughs> and I'm Jack. Um, and I play guitar and I make some beats. I'm uh, Jim and I play bass.
3: Okay. Um, is this your first time in the States? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Right. How you, I mean, welcome to like the coldest part of the, <laughs> the year. It's
7: fine. We love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful.
6: It's um, beautiful.
3: What, um, how did you guys uh, all meet and come together?
6: Um, basically we met in London because um, where I live we were looking for a new flatmate and Natalie at that moment was looking for a new place to stay so she moved into the flat and yeah then we We discovered the same thing
3: was it like a prerequisite for your roommate that they had to have musical talent or was it just a happy coincidence
7: it was a coincidence well we actually kind of knew each other before because we were playing in different bands and we were supposed to play together but it didn't work out but, yeah.
6: Which bands? Um, I've gone on a project called MRM, which is a noise post-punk band.
7: And my old band was called Phospho. It was like dark wave synth pop.
3: So what was, like, the... Uh, was it, like, a 3 a.m., like, hey, we should start jamming together? Was it a more, like, nervousness or...
7: No, it just... It was, like, very natural. Yeah. Yeah, we... Because, I mean, you we've know, got we all this... had all our instruments out in my room. And, you know, it's just natural that you're going to start picking it up and,
6: like, Mm-mm. coming and out together. with things, you know? And we also love the same band. Yeah. So we wanted to have a kind of dream pop project. Who are some of your favorites? Uh, Definitely Slow Dive, (laughs) Galaxy 500. Cocktail
7: Twins.
3: Yeah. And how did the, you know, songwriting... Is there like official songwriting time? Or is it just like Sunday morning, hungover? we work on it
7: every day. Mm -hmm. Almost
3: almost every day.
6: Sometimes it works better when you've got hungover. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Uh, And how did you uh, end up joining the band?
6: Uh, I joined the band because I knew with a few other people in London, and then, and then you did a bass player. So I thought I'll join.
3: So is all the practicing, writing, recording done at the apartment?
6: Yeah. yeah, yeah. At the moment, we're gonna record the album in like with the proper with the proper producer, sound engineer who's gonna help us with the with the recording. Okay. Um, why don't we hear a song? Sure. Yeah. Sure. You guys sure, gonna yeah. play first? Yeah, we're gonna Unreleased play "Unreleased Life. Life." It's one of our first single. Okay. Cool. Uh, Thank
3: you. It's really interesting, like uh, we always talk about seasons for records and like when they, you know, when it's appropriate to listen or to get the maximum effect out of a record. And it's obviously it's like a very winter kind of driven record. So like, what are some of the ways you try to capture like an impending winter or like a nine degree day walking with headphones?
7: Well, <laughs> we live in London, so we, we experience that every single day. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes naturally. I think we're quite melancholic people. So it's kind of within us it comes out naturally
3: uh, yeah, I mean is it uh, in the, the chords or the, the writing or the influences you know it's like how is it that you feel you can like drill down like what it feels to be uh, in London at this time of year?
7: I think it's a mixture of chords, yeah, the chords, mm. the effects, you know I
2: don't know yeah <laughs> <Thank you much. laughs>
7: I don't know we just it just comes very naturally and we don't set out to sound like anything.
3: And you guys have been traveling around Europe as well, playing, right?
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, like, Germany and Italy, like, for some, when was it, like, in November? Mm. A two-week tour, was very what called? Who were you on the road with? Uh, in
7: Germany, we were on the road with Cocktail Twins. Oh, amazing. Yeah.
3: And how's been the reception kind of as, like, a you know a newly formed project and kind of, like, beginning to find your way out there?
7: Pretty good so far. Yeah. Yeah. Can't
3: complain. And if people found your music, uh, or they you're converting new fans, uh
6: Some would done, yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh cool. And where are some of the places like for in East London that you go out and you know, hang with some of your contemporaries?
6: Uh yeah, we live we live in Dawson in East London and yeah, we usually hang out there. Well, yeah, yeah, our favourite
7: place is the Shaco Arms. It's, it's got um, it's a live venue and there's many good bands, sir. So.
6: Yeah, and it's very close to where we live. So. Yeah, we are quite lazy as well. So yeah, we can just walk there,
7: <laughs> walk home walk drunk <laughs> within yeah. five minutes.
3: Yeah. And who are some of
6: the other contemporaries that you have
3: that you know are making music that you love?
7: Be, be from, well, as in London I, or yeah. in, general? in general? In London. In London.
6: Uh, in London, there is a cool band called Antodust. Um, mm. Yeah, they they play like dream pop, indie pop. Like they're very good and. Another cool band called Sid Camp, it's kind of grouty rock band, they're very good as well. I mean, there are lots of good bands, mm-hmm. that's that's good, and it's good because you know you can go out and see like lots of good bands playing. It's it's never it's never be boring, mm-hmm. right? Cool. Um, why don't we hear another song? Yeah, definitely. Uh, what's this one? Uh, How Does It Feel It's a new song.
3: <laughs> so, how long are you uh, in the states for?
6: Uh, till the seventeenth.
3: And a ton of New York shows, right?
6: Uh, yeah, yeah. we've got yeah some other how many. <laughs> I don't know, four? four shows, ten. yeah. We've got ten shows all together, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're all together, ten.
3: Yeah. And great venues, too. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're very nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baby's All Right is one of my favourites. Yeah, we can't
6: yeah.
7: wait to play there Yeah, it's yeah. really,
3: they've done such a good job with that. They've been on the show before, and they're just like the nicest dudes ever as well. That's cool. Yeah, it's a really cool spot. Any uh, thing in particular excited about being in New York? anything that you have to like any tourist stuff you want to like knock off the list
6: that's great uh (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
7: Uh, well yeah everything really we went to times square the other day that was that was overwhelming yeah what what is your
3: impression of times square
7: it's crazy yeah absolutely crazy but it's great yeah yeah
3: anything else like any foods or places or
7: i don't know we just want to check out this area really we're going to have Leo taking us around. He's a good tour uh, guide.
3: Yeah. He's been here for a while. Yeah. I
7: want to get a taste of everything.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's such like, I mean, as long as you don't mind the weather. I mean, yeah, for no, London it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah it's like, I mean,
7: it's uh, a bit, it's a bit cold. Yeah. It's a, bit,
3: it's a little bit we, colder we can than London. We Yeah. I've
7: got my sheepskin. So.
3: <laughs> um, cool. And then what's coming up next for you guys? Um,
7: Just recording the album.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, you know, when do you go back and when do you plan on putting it out?
7: Well, we, as soon as we get back, we yeah. plan on starting to record. And then putting it out, I don't know September. Yeah, I don't know. October, it depends. It depends. It depends yeah. Like
6: how long it's gonna take to record it. Full length. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Maybe twelve songs. Oh, awesome.
3: Yeah. Uh, and then when do you come back to the states?
6: October. Uh, yeah, i think it to come also back so for the CMJ. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and then summer plans. Not summer plans. Of yet. But but no, we, w- we want to do as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well, where can people find you? Where can people listen to you?
6: Uh, on Facebook, we've got our official page, Leave the Planet. Okay. And we've got as well Ben Camp and also on Canine official website. Definitely, yeah. they can find us and all the other bands of Canine. Awesome. Um, yeah, big shout out to Leo and K9. Thanks for uh, yeah. thanks, bringing Leo. You guys. Thanks
3: Leo's yeah. the best. It's
7: been the yeah. best.
3: Um, <laughs> uh, big thanks to the Brave and Brewing guys. Uh, shout out to Anna and Darren. And uh, I want to make sure we get one more song and So, uh, what's the last song you're going to play for us?
6: Uh, we're going to play Winter Sleep. It's our latest single.
3: Okay. okay. Uh, cool. Well, thanks to everyone for tuning in. We'll be back yeah. next week for another episode of uh, Snacky Tunes. We have Oland live in studio. And uh, yeah, stay warm. Talk to you soon. Thank
0: talk
2: about food, we talk about music, with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, snacky tunes.
4: Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info@heritageradionetwork.org. At Heritage Radio Network is a 501 C3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for
2: listening.